every creative has their own voice. It's powerful, it's unique, and it's yours because you found it. This is a podcast for creatives to be themselves. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes we can't hear our own voice because the voices of others seem louder than ours. This is a safe space where you can be the voice. I am your host, Michelle Unveiled, and I want to thank you for tuning in to Be The Voice. So who doesn't need a good laugh after the year we just had? (laughs) I'm just saying. So we are kicking off 2022 with a fresh new series, Life Behind the Jokes. That's right. For the entire month of January, I will be interviewing comedians from around the globe. We are going to laugh. We might even cry. And if you've ever thought about taking the stage, pull out your notepad and learn from those that are telling their stories and jokes based on real life experiences. Listen and laugh with Michelle Unveiled. Let's go. Today we have a comedian who has graced many stages and toured across various comedy clubs across the globe. The highlight of his performances has led him to New York where he performed on Broadway. He also became finalist in the Funniest Person in South Texas competition and has shared the stage with D.L. Hewley. He has also been highlighted at various improv comedy clubs across the country. It is my pleasure to introduce comedian and actor Clifton Simmons. Hello, hello, Clifton. How you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. It is an honor and a pleasure to finally get to be on your podcast. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I thank you and I feel the exact same way to share this time with you. I, I'm really excited about this series. Listen and laugh, life behind the jokes. Like the lineup is just amazing. And so it is such an amazing opportunity to have you start this series. So not to put too much pressure on you, <laughs> but let, I mean, please do share, please do share with the listeners how you got started on your creative journey, being a comedian. How did it all start? Well, uh, you know, I grew up in my aunt Kathy's plays, uh, doing acting and I was in theater arts my whole life. And when I got older, you know, poetry was my thing. Um, while I was in college and I had one day I tried comedy because I had a lot of punchlines in my uh, poetry and so they someone told me hey you should try comedy and I was good at it I did it and I saw you know I saw like money right away like not like a whole bunch but it was more than what I was getting when I was like trying to be a rapper or be a poet Um, and so it it was just something I was just good at and I got into some legal trouble about like 12 years ago and I was like you can't do a background check on stand-up comedy so I just went hard with the comedy okay (laughs) wow so you're like I'm gonna just hey I'm gonna make this work for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know and I will admit some of it was inspired as a defense mechanism uh, when I was in elementary, um, I would attack myself so they wouldn't attack me. But uh, what can you say about me that I haven't already said? You know, right? But as far as like on a like a professional level, it was just 
it was really just the legal situation. I, I didn't. I, I wanted to be a football coach, and when when I saw that go away, that's when I started taking stand up a lot more serious. I, I started taking marketing classes. I started uh, taking uh, advanced theater classes. You know what I mean? And I got headshots. I started like just becoming a little bit more professional with it. And so after doing like open mic after open mic after open mic after open mic, uh, it doesn't make sense for a long time, but mm -hmm. it just it just one day came all together. Right. So, so how did you know you were funny? I mean, you said that a lot of times you would just kind of, you know, make fun of yourself so no one else would. But, you know, over time, did people tell you like, hey, you might have a shot at this. Like, you are you really know what? funny. We, we joked about it as a kid that I was going to be a comedian when we grew up, when I grew, when I grew up. And I honestly didn't think the way I'm doing it right now, uh, like I dreamed about it, you know what I'm saying? I prayed about it, you know what I mean? I like, you know, I asked God for it, but I didn't really think it was gonna really happen like the way how things are now. Um, and I'm grateful. I'm still not where I want to be, but I, I'm thankful for where I'm at. Um, as far as people told me I was funny for a long time since I was a kid, but as far as like funny as I would say my my fifth year I nah I would say maybe like my yeah my fifth year is when I realized I was funny as far as um I have some type of talent because uh, I didn't take I didn't take stand up it just I didn't take it as serious, or I guess as, I mean, as I got older, I, I just became more wiser. Mm -hmm. um, I realized I had something because my dad was very discouraging. Um, he, you know, he owns businesses, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like with someone like who my dad is, mm -hmm. uh, he, he didn't take the stand up serious, but when his friends, uh, started uh, telling him, oh, I saw Cliff at the comedy. He lives out of town. And so uh, when people when people started finding out about me in Dallas, where he's from, where he lives, um, and then he actually came to a show, it was like he kind of gave me the thumbs up one day. <laughs> okay, okay. You know, people asking him, uh, you know, about my videos, about uh, where's my, where's my when, when I'm coming back. Um, and then just people just telling him about me without me, you know, bragging on myself to him. Um, that was kind of when I kind of knew I had a little something. And then uh, New York, performing in New York um, several years ago. Um, because you can be local funny. Yeah. You know, everybody locally is going to um, get your little H-E-B jokes and um, you know, your little Texas jokes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when I went to New York was when I realized, okay, because, you know, New York, there's a comedy club on every single corner. Right, and right. And so I was like, oh, my jokes are probably going to be played out when I go there. And, uh, I mean, the love was just so real. That was another uh, 
moment that I realized, okay, I got something. Right. Okay. Okay. And you know, you mentioned a good point because I, I watch comedy shows all the time. I was just watching uh, Dion Cole. He's like one of my faves from the Midwest. And, you know, I see a lot of comedians recycle their jokes, right? And to be able to still get someone to laugh after you've heard the joke over and over again, have you actually, when you go from like show to show, like say maybe you go from San Antonio to Dallas, and I'm sure maybe sometimes you kind of yeah. use some of the same material. I use the same material, but like, see, when I, if I go do Dallas or do Las Vegas, Las Vegas, like, or just any other city, Dallas doesn't have HEB like how we have HEB out here. So they're not going to get any jokes about HEB. Right, you right. You know what I mean? Um, but I travel so much and I meet so many people in the arena that I'm in that uh, I have jokes for certain cities towns or I got stuff like you said we got to recycle I might say instead of saying HEV I might say grocery store right right <laughs> and or, just kind of make it relatable wherever you're at okay yeah and I try uh, as, I, as I've gotten older I've tried to stay away from jokes where um, that are too regionally mm-hmm. and so yes I do recycle the jokes but there's I have like so many different ways I can retell a joke that is so, I'm so happy you said that because I'm sure you've seen the other side of that <laughs> where it's not customized and it's the same joke and yeah. you, you know, it's just, it's not the same. You have to kind of tailor it to the audience. I'm glad that yeah. you brought this up. And then I, and I could tell if our audience is, I, I remember faces, so um if i know there's a lot of people that saw me have seen me several times before yeah i will switch it up it'll be the same joke but i'll switch it up a little i'll add some something if it's someone that's like my regulars if, my, if i had regulars in the audience i'll put like some extra twist to it just to be funny right right but, and some people some people look at it oh he's saying the same jokes uh some people look some people look at it I, i've had people say hey can you do you don't last time we saw you you didn't do this joke can you do can you do this joke tonight you know what i mean so some people might look at it as like a song yeah you know what i mean so it's different. i'm guilty i'm because when i'm watching shows i'm like i'm like wait for it <laughs> like I'm, I'm waiting for the same joke i've heard over the years and i'm like waiting and it's it's cool if i don't hear it but it's that you know it's just that anticipation like the punchline so tell me about you. So, because you started with acting, so is this is this something that you're still um, pursuing? Or are you? I mean, do you, do you have some some like movie I, ideas? What What are your plans? I with did a, acting? I did a I did a commercial for this lawyer in Tennessee um, recently that just aired, um, and then uh, I still do plays from time to time. Nice. And um, I would like to get a couple like roles in a movie. Um, really, the whole act, getting back to acting is more recent. I mean, I did it like when I was a kid and I was in theater arts most of my life. But uh, what I like about stand up, I don't have to worry about rehearsal. Yeah. You know I mean, if I don't practice, I can only get mad at myself. I don't, if I'm late, I can only get mad at myself. 
um, and uh, the work has been good, but I want to, I'm noticing it would be cool to have different arenas yeah. that people know me know me from. Mm-hmm. I think if I got into a, a movie, that just, uh, that goes back to supporting my stand-up. So, oh, right. we loved him on this. Let, I see he's performing over here. Let's go check him out. Mm-hmm. But it wouldn't yeah. be, acting wouldn't be like a focal point. It would just be something that is going to support my stand-up. Right. I love it. And then that, and that's actually usually how it works. Um, but it's just the networking piece, you know, and, and really having that your tribe where you can be introduced to other opportunities just through your network. Yep. Wow. So now I know starting out, there had to have been some times where maybe you were not, I guess, as prepared as you would have liked. And so tell me about a time that your response, you know, and the way the audience received you was just not what you expected. Okay. So I'm like year, like I think two in, and um, I get a phone call uh, from one of my mentors. He was like, hey, um, we have a, um, I got a gig. It's Valentine's Day. It's inside the Alamo Dome. Uh, you're going to be working with Frankie Beverly in the maze. It's going to pay this much money, man. For at the time, that was like a really like nice amount of money mm-hmm. to be getting. It was like 3000 people. Um, what I didn't know was the show was running late and I, w- I replaced a comedian that was famous at the time. His name was, or his name is J. Anthony Brown. Oh, yeah. But, like, around that time period, like, he was a little bit more known than what he is now. Mm-hmm. And so, not only it's running late, I'm not the person that they paid to see. Oh, <laughs> dang, yeah. And so, um, I go up. I was uh, I was booked to do 30 minutes. I do, like, 15 minutes, and they loved me. I did one inappropriate joke. Cause oh. one, I didn't know. One, I didn't know my audience. It was like an older, it was an older Christian black crowd. You know. What I'm okay, saying? now when you say older, cause I I don't know like, if we're around the same age. Our so grandparents' what? ages. Okay, like, okay. <laughs> and maybe our parents, but okay. like if you have older parents. Right. Okay. Ooh, that's hard. And, uh, that's hard. Okay, and 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 I, and I might be beating myself up. Because uh, I did talk to people that were actually there, and they said, okay, okay, let me finish the story, though. Okay. Um, so I did one inappropriate joke. This lady said, get off the stage. Uh, she said, get off the stage. I said, that's cute. I remember when I first had beer, and everybody laughed, and I went back to telling jokes. And then, like, five minutes later, same lady, get the fuck off stage. Oh, my God. Are you... Oh, my I said, goodness. I was, a, I was still... I was very young at this time. I said, ma'am, I don't go to your job slapping dicks out your mouth. Oh. And all you heard was, ooh. It got quiet for, like, three seconds. And then, after that three seconds, all I heard was, boo! <laughs> 3,000 people in the Alamo Dome. Um, but I was smart. Uh, I knew if I walked off stage, 
it will give them a reason not to pay me. So not only I'm getting booed, uh, <laughs> I'm performing through the boo. Wow. Like I'm just, I just start, I just keep, I keep doing my act throughout the boo. And like, I'm thinking, I think I'm like, I'm like early twenties. You know how traumatizing that is? You know what I mean? I think now it hasn't happened as, a, as me older, but uh, I think now <laughs> mentally I can handle it better. Oh my gosh. I think I'm at a mental space in my life where if something ever like that was to happen, it wouldn't be as traumatizing. But it was, it was traumatizing, but it felt good when they gave me the money that they were going to give me. Uh, right. And how did I get over that? I got on stage again the next day and uh, I've done four arenas, um, several theaters. Um, I performed on Broadway, so I was able to recover, you know, and it was it was a lesson learned to uh, really know my audience yeah know your audience well i'm just curious now what was the content what what, what was the joke oh uh, okay once again i was young in the game and uh, <laughs> and back to what i was, was going to say did i told you my vocal my viewpoint of the show different people at the show that were there they were like people were laughing what had happened was a few people started booing and people thought it was people said that other people just kind of joined in in the booth that's what, according to other people. Okay, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> the joke was uh, the one that I did at 15 minutes. After after 15 minutes of like doing really well, all I said, all I said, hey, I was in Kansas and I stopped at this place called a gas station called Come and Go, and I was like, that doesn't even sound like a gas station. That sounds like a brothel. Oh. If I don't, <laughs> yeah, I was like, if I don't come, can I go? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I again, can see how that went like way left. <laughs> yeah, for a Frankie Beverly, a, a Frankie Beverly crowd, you know? Right, right. Um, because that joke, I don't do that joke at all. That was like a you know, a young kid do new to comedy type joke. But uh everywhere I've performed that joke, and every now and then, if the audience wants something like that. I'll bring it back, but I really don't, I haven't done that joke in years, but um, that joke was getting laughs everywhere else. Okay. Except there. So, oh you know God. what I mean? But uh, like I said, what I, what I, my biggest takeaway from it was I know how to handle an audience like that now. Right, right. So it wasn't like something that hurt me. Uh, it may, I did want to quit. And I, and I did cry. <laughs> but you know what? What I love, you know, I'm going to just go ahead and, and acknowledge this, that you you kept performing through the booing. And I, I mean, I've really never been to a comedy show where I've really seen that. You'll, you'll, if, if the audience isn't receiving the comedian, you can kind of see the comedian <laughs> cut it short. They'll cut it short or they'll, you know. I went through depression because almost for like a whole year. <laughs> I would go places in San Antonio. They'd be like, "It's nothing." Oh my god! But they wouldn't say it in that, like you. I could like see and whisper, like kind of whispering, and it would only. And now I would know it'd be. And sometimes some of it might have been in my head. Oh my goodness! Well, look, you're healed from that because you yeah. can talk about it now. 
Yeah, that was my only bad experience. I mean, I've had other bad experiences, but as far as that was like the one that stands out the most, as far as like bad experience, uh, but I worked through it, like the light might have went out or um, something malfunctioned, but I, I can handle I can handle any heckler. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, I know that, you know, just being a public figure and an entertainer that can kind of get you a lot of attention. So how, what's it like when you're dating or do you, <laughs> do women, do they automatically just want you to just make them laugh? Like when people know that you're a comedian, like how do they, you know, respond to you just in everyday life? Um, so as far as dating, when I date, um, I purposely, not on, I mean, I'll, I'll date someone that knows that I do comedy, but I will purposely like meet somebody off of just meeting them somewhere. And um, I would just say I'm an entertainer, but, or, and I'll talk about, cause I got like five jobs, you know? So uh, I'll talk about you know, my different hobbies that I like and I won't really bring, or I'll bring up stand up, but I'll make it sound like I'm still doing open mic, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I like, I'll downplay it. Right. <laughs> um, but you know, people know Z, they're going to research. <laughs> they're going to yeah. be on social media trying to figure out what you do. I have experienced some stuff, some weird stuff like that before. Like some people, uh, I had, there was there was this one chick. I think every now and then I'll meet people that think that I'm bigger than what I really am. You know what I mean? Oh, I've met those because like it's like damn, how she know this and how does she know right, that? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? How she know which countries I want to visit before I die? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know what I mean? This is too. This is too good <laughs> to be right, true. Right, right. Uh, that is something. As far as dating, I'm not like I'm not a comedian. I'm a comedian on stage. I'm not a comedian 24-7. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I could make a female laugh when things are like, but I'm not just cracking jokes the whole time while we're dating. You know? Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because you think that. <laughs> but actually, I know a lot of actors who are also comedians, and they're just... They're not really trying to be funny. That's just like okay. Uh, that's what I deal with, uh, and I dealt with that my whole life. Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm trying to be serious, everybody thinks that I'm being funny. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And when I'm trying to be funny, oh, that was messed up. You went a little too far, bro. You need to, Clifton. Come on, man. You need to learn. <laughs> there's a time to joke and there's time not to joke, bro. Like that. That was just uncalled for. Right. You know? <laughs> I'm like, damn. So, yeah, so, uh, I mean, as far as even dating and without dating, uh, uh, that kind of, I got to deal with the whole, hi, nice to meet you. You're a comedian. Tell me a joke. Right, right. <laughs> like, I'm a clown. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was curious about. Like, That's, how do you uh, separate being Clifton, you know, Simmons versus being on stage, <coughs> you know, comedian? Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not the comedian 24-7. Uh, I we I weave those people out like as far as like they think everything like I'm a, like I'm just on the whole time. Yeah. I don't. 
I don't really have to worry about that too much because I avoid those people when they show those kind of traits. And I and I and I give people the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Like woman, male, nine times out of ten, if someone says, Oh, you're a comedian, tell me a joke. Like I said, I wanna be wrong. Right. Those be the douchebags. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You, I mean, you've been doing it long enough to know that, that that's. But I tell myself you can't you can't make assumptions about people. Yeah. Um, and I can't tell, teach my kids to don't make assumptions about people, and so I have to not make assumptions about people. But I promise you. Yeah. I give people a chance, and yeah, usually <laughs> people that say st- stuff like that are douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. Say so they they prove they prove themselves, you know, every time. Wow. No, but uh, and don't get it twisted. Like, if we're if you had like a little house party and the vibe is good, and you said, "Hey, Cliff, I got some friends from out of town. Uh, the party's kind of like the vibe is weird. Can you reset the room for me?" I'd be like, "I got you, sis." And um, I'll I might I'll reset the room and perform. Okay. And that will change the vibe, like just randomly, like outside of comedy. Yeah, yeah. I could do that, um, but I can't just hey, be funny. Right, <laughs> right, right. We're waiting for just... Cliff. We're waiting for we're waiting for our food. Say something funny. No, like yeah. it don't work that way. It's like telling the surgeon, "Oh, you're a surgeon. Can you take out this rib for me, real right. quick?" Right, <laughs> right. You know? Oh my god, that's hilarious. But, but you know what? We're joking about this, but I bet there are some people who think that that's how it works. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, and, and, I, and I do wonder, I, I, and I'm just keeping it real because we're on your podcast. Uh, you know, I'm really just venting to you. Uh, like in a, in a real life situation when someone says uh, it's being annoying with the whole comedy thing, like the people that treat me like I'm a clown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not going to be an asshole. Yeah, like, well, yeah. I'm gonna be like, you know, you know, be like, haha. You know, how about you tell the, you know, what I mean, I'm gonna show customer service, mm-hmm. not kill the vibe. Because, right. like I said, they don't know that they're being annoying. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's just, I mean, it's the same thing for other creative pursuits too. Like people who can sing, they're like, well, can you sing a song? You know what I mean? Like nobody doesn't. I mean, people <laughs> will do it you know if they're put on the spot but that's not they don't want to just be a singer everywhere they go <laughs> like they, they just want to just kind of chill sometime they don't want to always be in performance mode so yeah, yeah. that's that's oh that's, i'll just say hey uh just come to my shows if you want to see a joke <laughs> mm-hmm. but i won't be like i won't be mean i'm just being mean on the podcast <laughs> yeah. well you know what yeah. hey this this a, whole a, series is life behind the jokes so thera- we want to thera- know this is therapeutic you know <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh i love it so i know you have your times where you're you know you, you go to these different places and you're kind of feeling the audience and you know but do you tell jokes based on your personal experiences um okay so or is it all just you know uh, you know now that i'm most i tell a lot of funny stories i'm a storyteller um I, i'm mainly talking about myself and making fun of myself because the only person that can get offended is myself mm-hmm. um 
especially with my comedy. Uh, I will switch it up sometimes. If I need to switch it up, I really, as far as like the vibe, I can, you know, if I'm talking to like a whole bunch of, you know, Republican white people, or if I'm talking to a mixed crowd or an older crowd or a younger crowd or an all Mexican crowd, you know what I mean? So you have two kind of black crowds. You know that, right? Okay. Uh, you have a bougie black crowd. <laughs> you, have a, you have a bougie black crowd. Okay, okay. And you got a hood black crowd. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and the, yeah, definitely. And the way how you approach those two different crowds are are uh, even different, you know? Like, or just, well, just with, with a black audience in general, you can't mess up on one joke. Dang, that's tough. A mixed audience, you can mess up. You're going to win them back. Okay. You know okay. I mean? White audience, they're going to ride with you. <laughs> they're going to ride with you. Oh, that's. Mexicans, right. well, Mexicans is different because I grew up around wild Mexicans. And so I just need to tap in. All I got to do is just kind of like tap in. Um, and there's certain things you could do to win them best. Black yeah. people, you got to be, you got to bring it. Man, There's that's no, tough, you, right? You mess up with one, you you mess up with one joke. And you know, I don't feel like it's just that way with comedy. I feel like even <laughs> in movies, album. If, oh, I mean, album. music. I don't even care if you're a chef. <laughs> like we are harsh. Oh gosh, why are we like that? Like, fix it, Jesus. Like, why? <laughs> oh man, that's tough. Yeah, because I, I do have because I do have some stuff that I like. I try to. I have a few jokes that um, that I try to. I call it digging. I, I call it digging a hole and try <laughs> to see if I can win the audience back. If that makes sense. Uh-huh. Some people don't understand that. They think, oh, he's messing up, and I'm really just trying to get myself out of the hole. Cause I put myself on there on purpose. Like I like to piss off the crowd. I don't do this all the time, but like, it was something that I did go through where and I'll, I'll do it every now and then, but I started learning what audiences I could do it with and not do it with. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not just a black thing. It's just some people, some audience, they'll be like, Oh, he's messing up and I'll piss them off and not win them back. And so, but nine times out of 10, I usually will win them back. But um, just based off of uh, opportunities that I've gotten, you never know who's in the audience. Right. And so there's times where um, I started learning, oh, you can't play around. Because I got a, I, I built a brand and I don't want to do anything that will hurt my brand. Right. Well, speaking of, you know, not wanting to do anything that will hurt your brand, are there ever topics that you try to just stay away from out of, you know, I don't want to say fear, but like, you know, you're really being protective of your brand. So do you kind of oh, stay well, away? Oh, well, as far as that, yeah, no, I don't, I, there, uh, there's no topics I stay away from. I know we live in a council culture, mm-hmm. but look at where I'm at right now. Yeah. What are they going to cancel? You know, <laughs> Ooh, you ain't never lied. Mm. Listen, you know what I mean. The count what career? You know what I'm saying? Like, so that's, yeah, that's true. I can I can get away I can get away with a little bit more. Now, of course, uh, I mean I'm not gonna do like 
any rape jokes or yeah um or like pedophilia jokes mm-hmm. um i can but um yeah it's 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 risk it's a risk <laughs> it's 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 really you know and then there are some comedians that can do it um like i can and i have um it's just if i do it it has to it has to all turn around and make fun of me mm-hmm. right right you know what i mean yeah like i have to be the one that i'm making fun of in the joke if i bring something up like that and I, and I, you know what? I love how you keep on bringing it back to the audience and that that relationship and that connection that you have. Because I, I believe that, like, even if you do mess up, just owning it, you know, like, I think that the audience will respect Oh, yeah. That, so, yeah, I have done know? that before. Like, oh, y'all didn't like that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know I mean? And that wins exactly. them back sometimes. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know what? Just owning it. Hey, we, you know, and they're going to rock with you to the end. But, okay, so... With me compared to other comedians, um, mm-hmm. I had to learn that uh, I am in my own lane, I'm my own competition. Mm-hmm. I can't really compare myself to other comedians because um, I rely off of my likability. Right. You know what I mean? I start off giving them good energy, they give me the good energy back to the point where um, I have my jokes to hook them in. And then after a while, if they're if they if they vibing and riding with me, sometimes I'm not even doing jokes. I'm just talking. Yeah, yeah. But that just depends on the vibe. Sometimes the vibe the the vibe doesn't get me to where I feel comfortable, where I can really start talking, because they're doing the whole ha 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 next joke. I'm not bombing, but they're like rushing me (laughs) (laughs) right right you know what I'm saying they're laughing but they're not there's a certain laugh that I'm looking for like and see you know what and I think you would have to also be comfortable with pauses and those moments where there's no laughter yes like that doesn't mean that they're not you know being entertained they're not enjoying the content yeah it's a good uh, it's a good silence yeah yeah because they're listening you know, I, and I and I, that's where I'm at in my career. I'm working on starting to have moments where I inspire them. You know, and I try to drop some knowledge and leave them with something that they can take home, mm-hmm. like telling them to be the best version of themselves, and somehow tying going back into jokes. Yeah. So. That's what I and I and then riffing. I've been doing a lot of riffing lately, um, where I'll do the joke, but I'll just keep going until I lose them. Okay. If that makes sense. And then next thing I know, with all that riffing I end up doing, I end up finding a new joke. That's how I write. Ah, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Some people can go home, open up their notepad and write jokes. And um, I salute those people. <laughs> oh my that, God. It is clear that you do not have ADHD because I would not be able to do that. <laughs> oh my God. I have ADHD. You do? Oh, <laughs> yes, like, and it's bad. I, I swear, was, like, yeah. I, that is just... Like I took yeah. medicine and I was in classes. 
know what I'm oh my god like so, that is crazy that you can do that and like some comics most comics are able to write something down and i and i couldn't find I, I i tell you this what i can do is i can be like chilling and thinking of something funny and i can write the idea down but as far as like set up punch and then put it on the stage and if it's gonna be funny i don't do that what i have to do is and when i tell the kids when i go talk to the kids at the schools you gotta practice you gotta practice you gotta practice and um, so what I'll do is I'll go to open mic or at one of my shows. I try not to do it at shows because people paid to get in. I'll go to open mic and I would just talk about the funny idea. And, and sometimes it's going to bomb. Sometimes it's going to be, it's going to get laughs, but I might, it might be too wordy or it might be too short. And so the, the way how I write is really just trial and error, just trying to, I got to try it on stage. Cause you can write, you can write the funniest joke in the world, but you don't know if it's going to be funny until you do it on stage. And what I was saying, I was, I use my likability. You know what I mean? They're not buying, they're laughing at the joke, but if they don't like me, they're not going to laugh at the joke. Right, right. And so, um, I got to look comfortable telling the joke. I got to, when I try to do, I sound weird when I try to be scripted. You know what I mean? Wow. And so, yeah, I do a lot of my writing on stage. Now, I'm not going up there and freestyling either. I just have some funny ideas that I'm going to talk about. Or you know what the riffing sometimes, the uh, the, the riffing might just take it there, mm-hmm. and I'll come up with something I would have never thought of, or it'll be like an extra tagline. It'll be the same joke that I do all the time, but off the riffing, I didn't add another. I added I added another punchline to that bit. Now, do y'all know what punchlines and bits are? No, do tell. Okay, so every joke, laughter is the element of surprise. And every joke has a setup punch. The setup is I was telling my daughter that, you know, okay, my daughter was asking me if, uh, if there's monsters under the bed, right? Mm-hmm. This is not a joke. I'm just trying to give you an example. <laughs> Right, I got you, I got you. Okay, so the setup is my daughter asking me if there's monsters underneath the bed. The punchline is yes, because that's where they live. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, you have the setup, punchline, and then you also have a tag. The tag can come before the punchline or it can come after the punchline, or you can have a whole bunch of tags back to back, back to back, off that same punchline that you just did. If that makes sense. And a bit, a bit is uh, like a five minute um, topic off of just one specific, specific subject. We could be talking about going to the bowling alley for five minutes or um, 
going to a fitness gym. This whole, for the next five minutes, this whole bit is about going to the fitness gym and that experience. That's what a bit is. Okay. And so the way how I will write is I will record myself on audio and sometimes video and go back and look at it. Because sometimes it's not... Sometimes the joke can change based off of me changing my voice in the joke. Or sometimes the joke can uh, change off of me just making a facial expression when I do the punchline. Okay. And I move around a lot in my set. I don't get too rowdies, but uh, the reason why I move around is like I go, I walk, I, I work the stage. And the reason why I work the stage is because when you look at a, uh, like a tiger in the cage, mm-hmm. or look at the tiger anywhere, if the tiger moves, your eyes move with the tiger so it keeps the audience on me. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> So it's my stage presence, and mm-hmm. that's what I got from theater, taking like the advanced theater classes over the years. Um, and growing up in theater, um, I have pulled that and brought that into my comedy world. Wow. Well, you know, you mentioned that you had ADHD, and I'm, I'm really still stuck on this whole riffing because <laughs> I would imagine, like, do you ever forget your original point that you were... You that's know, what I'm saying. You, that's when what, you do that's, your improv, like, what if you forget, you know, and, and I guess the original's point? So, let's say if I really wanted to, if that was really a problem, um, how, at this point, when you do when you do anything for 10,000 hours, you um, become really, really good. Some say you even become an expert. And so, I've been doing comedy for so long that it's kind of like riding a bicycle at this point. Right, but right. let's just say, and I, I mean, there's still stuff I need to work on. Mm-hmm. Like I like I said earlier, I want to work on like dealing with that long ass quietness. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like forever, right? You're you like, know what I mean? Oh <laughs> so don't get it twisted. Like I'm not Mr. Perfect in comedy world. But um, as far as like, if, I, if, if me forgetting my jokes was a problem, there's different... Uh, techniques I used to use uh, before I started going up there without a set list. Um, I can have it on the back of a cup and every time I go to drink my cup I have the different topics I'm going to talk about. Mm, The crowd can't see what's on the back of my cup. Ah, I love that. Okay. Okay. Um, Another strategic I can do is before the show starts I can already have like cue cards on the floor. The crowds can't, they can't really see. Well, on certain, most stages that I do, they can't see what's on the story, on the stage. In certain, in certain cases, they would be able to see. But even if they could see, they just see the cue cards. And all I need is the word there. Okay, mm-hmm. balloons. Let me do my joke about balloons now. Okay. Another thing that I can do is Uh, usually there's like a table or a stool on stage Um, I can write a set list 
I can have my little whiskey in my hand, which I always do. I have whiskey, a cup of whiskey, as I'm walking to the stage, or I, if even if I have water, I have water, and then I have a napkin, and I put the napkin on the table or the stool, and so when I sit my bottle or cup down, when I go to reach my cup, I'm looking at the napkin, but the crowd can't tell that I'm looking at the napkin. Got it. Oh, they don't. They they know that I'm looking at the napkin, but they don't know that they can't tell that there's something on it. They look. Oh, he's just grabbing his whiskey. Right, right. So, like I said, there's other strategies that I can use if that was a problem. And I will say this: yes, I do go blank on stage, uh, and that's why like we don't like it when people like heckle because it is a routine, it is a flow. Um, even though if someone heckles me and the crowd laughs really, really hard at me getting on the heckler. That's cool and all. People are like, wow, that made the, that made the show more funnier. Even though I'm ripping and ragging on the heckler, mm-hmm. uh, I'm really not having a good time. Oh, man. Yeah. Because, and I, and, and like, I really can't, you really, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a, like, strategic way on handling a heckler because you don't want to go too hard on the heckler. To the point where you lose the audience, right? You know what I mean. <laughs> so, right. What I do, and like I said, I'm not speaking for all comedians. I'm speaking for myself. What I do is when I'm dealing with a heckler, I give them like a warning shot. You know, I say, "Oh, that's cute. I remember the first time I had beer." Or I might address them, but I won't go in on them right away. Uh, or I might ad lib off of whatever they heckle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Half the time, it'll be somebody that's drunk that's not making sense. And so I already have, it looks like it's coming off the head, but I already have something for them. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. But it looks Put like it back have, on them. <laughs> now they're in the spotlight. <laughs> and so what I'll do is I'll give a couple warning shots. So by the time I really do start ripping in and going in, the crowd is with me. You know what yeah. I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, of course. I mean, it's so distracting. So they want to enjoy the show. They're there to see you. So I, I can see that. And they don't know that they're, uh, and a lot of times, now I got friends that, that will go in on a heckler and make them, feel, make them feel silly. And I just don't, you don't know what someone's going through. You know what yeah. I mean? So I try not to, I know people like that kind of comedy, but, <laughs> and I can do it. You know what I'm but this person does not know that he's messing up the show. Right. And so um, the way how I would, I just kind of just flip it. And once the audience gives me permission, I'm like, man, should I get them? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it, when the crowd goes, yeah, get them, get them. I'm sorry, man. I got to get you, man. So like, I kind of, I get permission and I give them warning shots so the crowd can see like, oh, I wasn't being a bully. It, right. It's right. not like the it's not it's not like the movies. You can really like you can really like lose or you know what? And it's not even that. Like I have a flow of where I'm going with the show. Right. And so um and I do do a little improv at certain parts of my show, but if certain bits, like how we were talking about bits earlier, if I focus on this heckler, the crowd is not going to remember where I was at. Right. Or the crowd might not be able to remember where I was at in the story. I might forget what joke I was going to do after that story and it's going to throw my whole freaking rhythm off. 
And you know what? There's probably professional hecklers out there that just they just go to every show just to try to terrorize you and throw you off. <laughs> like yeah. that's awful. And usually there's like security or door people that will, you know, waitresses that will tell them like, hey, calm calm down. Oh, so it's God. not it's not too much of a problem. Like and like I said, like I know how to handle any heckler at this point. Right. I just don't go too hard on them. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, you know, because like you said, you never know what they're going through and the space that they're in. So that, that's I, good. I'd be like, brother, brother, brother. Like like I said, I don't put, I punch up. I don't like punch down. Like one of my warning shots is, brother, brother, I, I, you having a good time, my brother? Mm-hmm. All right, all right. You do know this is not TV, right? <laughs> I can see you, okay? I know this is your first comedy show. You know what I mean? Your lady paid for the tickets. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not putting them down, though. But right, the crowd's, right. The crowd's with me. They're laughing. And so that's that's one of my warning shots. I have so many warning shots before. Like, I'm able... This is just... Like, I'm not speaking for all comedians. This is just for me. I have so many... I give them two chances, and I have so many ways that I can do it before I start talking about his outfit, his hairline. You know what I mean? Like, before I go into him. Wow. Well, this is, you know, I mean, this is a great series because not only do I want to, you know, entertain, but more than that, I want to educate because there are a lot of people who are interested in starting a comedy career and kind of don't know where to start, which direction. And you have dropped a lot of gems and I really appreciate that. Welcome, welcome. Yes, yes. And so... I definitely want you to share with the listeners how we can follow you on your journey. If you have any gigs coming up, how can we support you? You can follow me on everything. Clifton is funny. Clifton is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, grinder, um, plenty of fish, Facebook dating app, uh, cash you know app. <laughs> Cash App, Clifton is funny. Ancestry.com, Clifton is funny. Oh my um, gosh. What else is Clifton is funny? Venmo, Clifton is funny. There you go. You better yeah. brand yourself, Clifton. That's right. That's hey, right. Consistency is the key. Listen. Listen. Wow. I mean, it's been great. And and please do tell me uh what's your, your favorite whiskey brand? Because we want to make sure that the staff <laughs> that the team will get you a bottle for your next performance. What's your okay, favorite? Okay, my favorite whiskey would have to be Jameson. Jameson. All right. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, when we get offline, send me your information. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I, I, I did want to mention this in the interview uh, in the series is if there is somebody that is wanting to be an entertainer, comedian, or some type of entrepreneur, uh, my biggest resource has been my my network. You know, building my network has helped me tremendously because uh, you're the average of the five people you hang out with. And uh, I was the door guy for several years at Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club. And one day they were like, 
uh, we have no one to pick up the headliner. And I was like, I'll pick up the headliner because no one wanted to do it. And what I didn't know was, and then they asked me to do it again. And they asked me to do it again. I'm riding around headliners every week and celebrities. What I didn't know, I was building my network at the time. And I was meeting managers. I was meeting uh, different, uh, I was meeting like their openers. I was meeting their features. I was meeting the actual celebrity. And so what that did was, oh, you do comedy? You want to do a guest spot tonight? Or after doing that for so many years with the same headliners, when I go out of town or if I need to get into any comedy club, it was just a phone call away or the hospitality, taking care of people here in San Antonio when they would come. When I would go to New York, when I go to Las Vegas, I'm taken care of so well. So um, tap into your network, you know, mm-hmm. so. That's so powerful. Because you never know. I mean, right? You never know what door will open. Mm-hmm. Pleasure chatting with y'all. Yes, Thank you for having yes. me on. I definitely would love to come back. Until next time. All right. Thank you.
tuning in don't forget to follow me on apple podcast and spotify and remember you are the voice 